I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of which, we got to talk about a couple of ripoffs coming up later. One, how unions are ripping off their own members in union-sponsored retirement plans. If you are a union member or know someone who is, I got to make sure you know how to warn them away from trouble or warn yourself away from trouble. Also, this is a year that we're going to have a lot more fraud at convenience stores and gas stations than we've seen even to this point. I'm going to tell you what you need to know to protect yourself. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com is our bargain site. I should alert you that the January travel deals are rolling out all over the place. This is one of the most concentrated times, maybe the most concentrated time each year for travel bargains. And we've got a lot of um, incredible deals for Europe going into late spring. There are deals all over Asia. There are wonderful cruise deals. And then there are deals where most people want to travel by air, which is around the United States. Southwest has its January sale going on. Not as good as it normally would be because of the grounding of the max. Their capacity is really tight right now. But in addition to the Southwest deals, several other airlines offering really good domestic deals. And if you live on the West Coast, the deals to Hawaii right now are really, really extraordinary. In the twos round trip from a bunch of West Coast departure points, to the various Hawaiian islands. And if you're a skier, there are great deals from around the country right now to Denver and Salt Lake. Uh, The deals are better than they used to be for ski seasons because the number of people who ski has actually declined. So very small percent of Americans are skiers or snowboarders, shredders these days. And so that has created more deals for you to get to the mountains and better deals when you're there, except the biggest mountains, the lift tickets, are ridiculous. You're not trying to buy the mountain. You're just trying to ski on it for several hours. But you think what they charge for lift tickets, they were trying to get you to buy the mountain. And that's why Liftopia is so useful for you. Finding deals on lift tickets at a variety of mountains, and you just got to jump through the Liftopia hoops to get to be able to access the deals, you know, the days, the times, and all that, that you can use those. So, I also want to tell you something that's not a deal. The cable companies, the monopolies, are going through their normal January cycle of raising prices. Why are they raising prices? Just because, well, they are monopolies. And so every year, like it's the old Soviet Union, they just have decided they're raising prices. And so be aware that the innocuous emails you get that say, in order to enhance our service to you, or we're adjusting, nobody ever says the truth, we're gouging you and raising prices on you again. So pay attention to that. 
And if you have any competitor you can look at, find out what they're offering. If the Monopoly local phone company is offering internet connections, at least find out what they're offering and threaten to jump ship from the cable monopoly and you'll be able to roll back plus more dollars in your pocket, that increase. Be very wary if you still get legacy cable TV because those rates are going way up to compensate for all the people that are cutting the cord and going to streaming. And while you're at it, why don't you think about going to streaming and save that money? Someone mentioned the Wall Street Journal did an investigation of all the big cable companies and also analyzed data filed with the FCC and found that the cable companies are lying through their teeth about the speeds that they claim you're getting, that what you're paying for, you're not getting anywhere near. And our son does these speed tests on our internet in our home, and we're getting 38% on average, he's got a chart, 38% of the speed we're paying for from the cable monopoly, which is the only access we have to internet at any kind of decent speed at our home, but we're paying for one thing, getting something very, very different. This is an industry crying out for competition, and it is really actually on the way. And I don't have access because my address isn't served by the new T-Mobile wireless home internet for a flat $50 a month, unlimited, no data cap, but you may well where you live. And that is a viable alternative at 50 a month. It is a great, great savings for most people versus what they're paying for internet. Amazon and Google are both racing to install internet that will be space-based internet, but without latency, ultra-fast, as well as um, SpaceX has launched a ton of satellites that are going to provide high-speed internet to homes and businesses, and both SpaceX and uh, Google intend to do so worldwide. But this is something that is really not ready for prime time yet, the space-based internet, but that is clearly something that will be a meaningful part of the choice that you'll have and potentially much lower prices coming in 21. So you may have heard me say that in the United States, because of our structural deficiency of the feds having allowed these monopolies to take shape, that we pay much, 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 much higher internet rates than people do in pretty much any developed country, and we get much less for paying much more money. And that era is about to close, and you and I are finally going to have actual real options, real choice, and much lower prices And I guarantee that, even though I don't own any of these companies, I am so certain of it, I guarantee it. Barry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Barry. Good afternoon, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely, Barry. How can I be of service to you? 
Well, my wife and I have worked hard, and we've gotten to the point where we've retired, and we can go snowbird in the winter. And uh, so we'll be away for starting next year, two to three months. And some of the places are just farther than we want to drive. Uh, so we were thinking, you know, I know I can rent a car for a week or two, or you can lease a car for a year or more. But what's the best way to rent a car for two to three months? So I can tell you this backwards and forwards because I don't know if you ever heard me say, but my oldest brother and his wife spent four years traveling the world, a lot in the United States and overseas, and they were in places for months at a time, and he learned the only smart way to do it was to rent a vehicle a month at a time or four weeks, depending on the country, take that vehicle back and immediately get another one. And so... Does that hold for the U.S. also? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, one factor is your own automobile insurance Mm -hmm. may limit you to uh, temporary use of a rental car that would be covered often 28 or 30 days. So that's one of the reasons why people who are snowbirds will rent a car. um, If they stay away three or four months, they rent three or four different vehicles. Mm -hmm. And they they keep cycling through them that way. In addition, you know, I like for you to have backup insurance coverage from a credit card. And depending on the credit card, you have backup coverage for a rental car for 14, 15, 28, or 30 days, depending on the car rental coverage that each credit card that offers that may have. So you kind of align these things. What your own automobile insurance will cover you for, what's the cap of days of rental, and mm-hmm. what your credit card or cards may cap you at, you line up the best you can find with each, and that controls the cycle of rental. Now, let me give you a couple of other suggestions. Have you okay. ever heard me talk about Turo or Get Around? No, I've not heard of that. Turo and Get Around are services where people rent out their own cars. And you have insurance provided by Turo or Get Around as part of renting through them. And you may, depending on local conditions where you're renting, you may be able to find a cheaper deal doing that. But I also, for a multiple month stay, I have another idea. And that is because of an internet service called UShip. You ever heard me talk about UShip? Yes. So with, uh, and for other people who aren't familiar, it's spelled the letter U, ship.com. You may be able to move your own vehicle cheap enough with UShip for a multi-month stay that you, instead of having to drive it, you have UShip move it and you just put it out for bid and see how cheap it is. And then you don't have to drive your car to your Snowbird location. You are having somebody else deliver it for you. And then you have your own vehicle and you don't have to rent one. That sounds very interesting also. The first option you gave about renting it for 28 to 30 days, would that be through a standard car rental agency? Exactly. Okay. 
All right. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I know I gave you a lot of choices. So I hope one of those will end up being the best for you. We may even hear from somebody else, Barry, who has a better idea how to do a multi-month rental of a vehicle. Thomas is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Thomas, you think you're a year or two away from buying a home. How can I be of service to you with that? Sure. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So right now I have the down payment or most of the down payment sitting in stocks. And so I know there might be a downturn in 2020 and it's not the best idea to have it in stocks, but I've gotten a 13% return over the last couple of years on it. So I'm wondering, should I just liquidate it and move it into like a CD or like a bond or something like that? Well, know that when you liquidate, you're going to have capital gains tax. You're going to have a tax bill on doing that. But you do, if you're planning to buy a home in one to two years, you do not want the money you're going to use for that home in stocks because stocks are too volatile in the short term and put you at too much risk when a normal routine correction or bear market comes along. So it would make sense for you to move money into either a money market account a uh, depending on your tax bracket a tax-free municipal bond fund or into just one of the online banks the best savings rates you can get right now those are about two percent gotcha okay cool i can do that do you have a sense what kind of um tax bracket you're in like what kind of annual income you would guess you have Oh, uh, yeah, I'm probably in the 24% tax bracket. Okay, so 24%, you're probably fine in regular old savings accounts. And if you go to bankrate.com, right on the front screen, there's a button for best savings rates. You can click on it, go past the ones that are their ad ones, that people pay ads for placement, and then you'll see the list of the best rates in the country on savings. Fantastic. Appreciate it. The interest rate, I should tell you, the interest rate on those things can change daily. They've been going down. We were right at around 3%. Now the top is around 2%. There's been some concerns about the economy slowing down in some sectors. But it's still much better than you're going to do at any traditional bank on FDI-insured savings available to you as you need it. Like a broken record... I've been pounding for the last, oh, probably 15 to 18 months about how teachers and firefighters, police officers, government workers are getting ripped off to the hilt in the retirement plans available to them where they work, um, usually 403B plans. And there's a new investigative report from the Wall Street Journal that has an angle on it that is infuriating and it's the topic of today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. So this is horrific, but teachers unions and public employee unions are taking huge kickbacks from insurance companies to be the recommended 403B plan to public service workers, um, public safety workers, and teachers. The NEA, the Teachers Union, takes millions of dollars in kickbacks from the company that they recommend commissions, whatever they call it, 
for recommending teachers be in a particular 403B provider's plans that cost up to 100 times in fees what a low-cost Roth IRA or 401k would cost. The union selling its own members down the river. That is unbelievable, but it gets better. The Wall Street Journal reports that the NEA is recommending to teachers that are members of the union the ultra-expensive 403 plan, but for the NEA's own employees is offering an ultra-low-cost Vanguard plan. Talk about hypocrisy. Teachers, you should rise up at your union and get them to stop cheating you on your own future, your own retirement. Glad you're here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com. We got bargains galore for you right this second. So Wawa, which is considered to be one of the nation's best uh, convenience store chain gas station operators, has a big problem. And they had a data breach that went from March to December that may have exposed every debit card and credit card used at a Wawa over that period of time. And it is a huge problem for Wawa, and it's generally very loyal consumers. There are already a bunch of lawsuits against Wawa. And in the midst of that, Visa put out a warning about how exposed you are at gas stations that gas stations were given a five-year delay at having to comply with what you can't call them new security rules for payment processing for debit and credit cards. So the danger to you is enhanced, and this is why the special visa warning, because now the pretty much the last show in town for hackers are gas stations convenience stores because they don't have to comply till a year from right now. So there will be a phase in of stations that have enhanced security through the year, but in the meantime, criminals have a target on every gas station they can put in skimmers at or various software hacks in the U.S., the big danger that Visa put out an alert about is something that if you're a longtime listener to me, you've heard about for years, but it's only going to be a bigger problem in 2020. And that is, if you pay at the pump, just expect that it's a roulette game, that your turn's going to come up, and your card number is going to be compromised. The big, big, big danger is to people who use a debit card because within minutes or hours, the hackers can empty all the money out of your checking account. If you have overdraft set up, they can go into that too and grab all of that. With a credit card, even though your card can be compromised very easily, the good news is no money leaves your pocket. If you're going to pay with a debit card, I know it's a hassle, 
go inside and present your card. The risk level is greatly reduced inside versus at the pump. One other precaution, if the station you're doing pay at the pump at offers at the pump the ability to pay with their app on your smartphone or to pay with Google Pay, it's called Google Pay or Android Pay now, I forget which way they changed their name, Uh, I think it's Google Pay, Um, Samsung Pay, Apple Pay, from your watch, from your phone, whatever, pay that way, G-Pay, Google Pay. All right, pay that way because there's an enhanced level of security that you don't have with a swipe of your card at the pump. And this is a hear me now, believe me later kind of thing. I don't want you to have to put up with the hassle, but if you do put up with any hassle at all, Remember this, use a credit card, not a debit card. Debit cards are pieces of trash. Visa and MasterCard, the banks that that operate using credit cards, could have offered consumers the same protections that the law offers to credit card users. But not only, not only did the banks, Visa and MasterCard not implement meaningful protections for debit card users. They fought any move in Congress to offer protections under the law for debit card users equivalent to credit card users. That's why they all push the piece of trash because it shifts the risk from them to you. And as we know, banks don't care about you at all. They only care about their stockholders. Period. James joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, James. Hello, Clark. How's it going? Uh, could be better, could be worse. What's wrong, James? Um, unfortunately, um, shortly before the holidays, um, I actually lost my job. Oh, so, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it happens. Um, no, but I mean, and, how how employers lay people off just before Christmas is like, what, what, they think they're the Grinch? I mean, giving you the lump of coal? I mean, how do you do that to somebody? <laughs> if you knew the company I work for, it, um, it's pretty common they do stuff like that. So, Well, I, I am sorry, and it means when you land on your feet somewhere else, hopefully it'll be an employer that treats people better than where you were. Right. The one Definitely. other positive I would say to you is the unemployment rate is very low in most states, and your prospects for new employment are much better than they would be if we were in the midst of, let's say, a declining economy or recession. And so how do your prospects look right now? Um, pretty good. Unfortunately, the industry I'm at in right now has a lot of freezing, uh, hiring freezes, but um, it's... Uh, still looking pretty good. So okay. Well, I wish you the best with that. Uh, how uh, are there particular things I can help you with this time that you've been laid off? Um, yes, yeah, so I was wondering. I have uh, about two hundred thousand dollars in my four hundred one k, and I was wondering. Um, I'm looking for possibly jobs that have four hundred one k also. But what happens if I don't land a job that has four hundred one k? And is there about a sixty day? Uh, time limit I have to do something with the money? No, you can leave the money at 
the old terrible employer's 401k. And there would be reasons for you to do that for a minute at least to leave the money there. Because mm-hmm. the easiest move if when you find your next job, if they have a 401k and it's with one of the low-cost providers, which the bigs in the 401k business are Fidelity and Vanguard, who both offer uh, good low-cost 401k plans, and right. your former employer, was your 401k with either of those? I believe it was with Fidelity. Okay. So the smartest thing would be just to let it be. When you find your new job, you could at that time, if they offer one of the two low-cost providers, move your money to the new employer's plan at the point you're eligible to do so. If you go to work somewhere that doesn't offer one and you confirm that your plan right now is with Fidelity, just leave it. There's no reason for you to... Uh, pull the money from the old plan. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, John. Hi, good afternoon, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly, John. How can I be of service to you? I have a question uh, about a mortgage. I'm I'm about to to look for uh, refinance my mortgage. Right now, uh, I'm paying 4.75 on a 40-year term. On a what year term? 40 years. 40? Okay. You are only, like, maybe I could count on one hand the number of people who have who've ever called me who have 40-year mortgages. Wow. Right. Yeah. And uh, right now I, I have a quote for a 15-year mortgage at uh, 325 but what I'm uh, I, I'm concerned about is the the, the 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 closing costs. They are asking me for eighty five hundred dollars on closing costs. Against a balance of how much? Uh, the balance is a hundred and ten uh, and nineteen thousand. Okay, that sounds pretty high. How many lenders have you talked to? Uh, two so far. Okay. And are you a member of a credit union? Yes. That's, uh, th- this is from a credit union, a local credit union. The credit union is offering you a refi with closing right. costs of 8000 plus on a $115,000 balance. Did I get those numbers right? Uh, right. But um, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I see, I owe on my older mortgage 119 and I need a, a $50,000 cash out. Ah, okay. So um, cash, like out, a, cash out refis are a higher risk for lenders. Uh-huh. And so it sounds like, I don't know what makes up the $8,000, but some of well, it may be a, points to buy down the rate. Right, no, it's property taxes escrow deposit. Oh, that's not that's not closing costs then. Okay. No. All right. So that okay. that just sounded way too high. So can we talk for a second? Um, what is the circumstance that has you wanting to pull? You said forty grand out. Uh, no, fifty. Fifty thousand. Yes. The thing is, I owe uh, about uh, twenty thousand on credit cards, 
and I'm I'm doing a a a, a remodeling in my kitchen and in my two bedrooms and my property. Okay, I have no problem with you getting the thirty grand to do the remodel in your house and taking the debt up thirty grand. I'm really right. nervous about you taking an additional twenty for the credit cards. Because you're taking debt that is unsecured and making it 15-year debt against your home. Right. So I know that that it seems appealing because you may be paying an average interest rate on the credit cards, upper teens. About uh, about, uh, 18%. Okay. And you're thinking, well, gosh, I'll be able to take it down to three and a quarter percent by putting it into the refi of the mortgage. But I always worry about that because it does put you in a position where you take debt that you could pay off in, uh, you know, in a relatively short time period and turning it into 15-year debt. And in addition, you raise the risk to yourself by having it against the house. That'll be your choice. Mm-hmm. But... I think it's always valuable for you to look not at what kind of escrows you have to have, prepaid taxes, all that, when you're comparing. But if you compare the rate from different lenders and then the actual just closing cost part of it, leaving out prepaids like taxes, and then the third thing is if they're charging you any points. Do you know if this loan offer you have charges any points? They they're gonna charge me. Uh, I have it right here. Um, let's see. Here. Okay. Well, uh, uh, don't worry charge, about it right. Don't worry about it right now. Me? Just look points? later and see what points they might be charging you. Because I like for you to to just chart it out. Rate, closing costs, points. And use that as a way to figure out which of the offers you have right now. Only two lenders. I'd like you to get more. Because for a refi, you can shop multiple online lenders and see who offers you the best total deal. And then again, think through how long would it take you to pay off that 20000 credit card debt if you just paid it off as it is instead of putting it into the mortgage. And think whether or not it really is going to be your best choice to put that as mortgage debt instead of unsecured credit card debt. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. David, you want to go to Niagara Falls, is that right? That's right, Clark, and thank you so much for taking my call. Of course, um, the falls are beautiful. I've been, I've been in uh, spring, I've been in summer, I've been in fall, and I've been in winter to the falls. Winter is well, the one time I don't recommend unless you're uh, built to be in sub-zero weather, which I'm not. I'm not either. Well, that was actually one of my questions for you because I'm looking at timing and in everything I've read, it seems the summer is when it's the most crowded and the most expensive. So we're looking around Memorial Day weekend, and I wasn't sure if that being a holiday would be a bad idea. Yes. And also, if that's just a, a <laughs> yes, little that would too be a early. bad idea. Okay. What about, okay. is there any chance you can go in September, which is the kind of the magic moment to go to a place like Niagara Falls? Um, it's possible. I'll have to check on the wife and kids' schedules. But oh, um, you, got, you got kids inconveniencing the plans. That's right, yeah. Okay, so if you do have to go after they get out of school, um, and it's got to be sometime in the summer, I would say if you could go actually before the official start of summer, but after they're out of school – at the very beginning of June, after the Memorial Day weekend is over. Okay. Because that will have, you won't have the surcharge prices because the real summer season starts um, late in June and then gets heavy in July. So if you could go early June, you'll do better in terms of crowds and pricing. Okay, great. And Can I ask you... Yeah, I just want to say something else. What documentation do you have? Do you have passports? Do you have anything like that? Yeah, so my wife and I both have passports, and my understanding is I'll just need the kids' birth certificates to get across the border. Is that correct? Yes. uh, The rules um, on travel to Canada are complicated when you travel by car, but I want you to go read the briefing that the State Department has so you make sure that everybody's got exactly what they need. Great tip. Thank you saying, so much. Yeah, you're fine, and you get there, and you're like, Clark, I hate you forever. <laughs> um, I don't think I'd ever say that, but well, that would be I fine. see where you're going. Yeah, and check the hotel rates both on the U.S. side and the Canadian side to see where you're going to get the best deal. Mm-hmm. And I have actually stayed on both sides depending on which was the best deal uh, based on the trip that I was going on. And, you know, each time it's just whichever the best deal is. And check TripAdvisor because there's a lot posted on TripAdvisor about what you should do, what things to make sure you see at Niagara Falls. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.